I don't know why, guys, but I feel really weird about this podcast episode. Okay. There's no sex in your violence. We are Hottest 100s and Thousands, and we are taking control of your radio station. I'm DJ Y, I'm the podcast guy forever! And this is the podcast in which we talk about the songs, in which we discuss the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. So joining me, once again, Mr. Adam Buncher. Hi! Mr. Nathan Harrison. I like that you tripped yourself up because you were so I, funky. I, my <laughs> life is a fucking mess. Andrew McDonald's here. I am, yeah. Speaking yeah. of fucking messes. Fuck me. Pearl Jam and Neil Young. What a team. Uh, we are right into it. Let's go. This is number 35. <laughs> this is I Got Id. Young in the 1994. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I thought it was 1994. Uh, huh. 1995, hottest 100. Yeah, all, all songs from 1995. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're dealing yeah. with songs from 1995. This is season three. It makes perfect sense. Well, we've been yeah. dealing with songs from 1995 all season. Yeah, I know. Why are you guys saying these doing things? That? Let's continue dealing with songs from 1995. Okay, Please. yeah, right. let's, let's get back if on track. If we could, so I this see is, any this other is way. This is a song called I Got Id. It is by Pearl Jam, and it features Neil Young on lead guitar. And it came out in the year... 1995, of course. Exactly, exactly, uh, of course. It features on their collaborative record called Mirrorball. Uh, it also ended up on Pearl Jam's greatest hits record. It's not uh, a, like a beloved uh, hit single or anything like that, but it's definitely become like a little cult favourite, and uh, I can definitely see why. But the question is, can Andrew McDonald? Yeah, I think this is... Um, I hadn't heard this song before, and I, I kept waiting to hear Neil Young, and then I realised he's just the guitarist. Having said that, like, there's there's a cool Americana charm. It sounds it sounds exactly like a Pearl Jam feat Neil Young song would at yeah. this period in time. It's a... Which is 1995. Relatively straightforward post-grunge, grungy, but, like, done by a group of people who know exactly what they're fucking doing, and that shows, because it sounds exactly like people who are masters of that kind of music having fun and playing a song together like it's got the cool kind of rough cred of Pearl Jam Neil Young's guitar work only adds to the appeal there's nothing spectacularly groundbreaking about what they're doing here but they're doing it really really well and yeah it's it's total post vitality sounding Pearl Jam there's not really much to criticize about this it just is what it is and it's good grunge music I guess yeah, mm. and I think it's pretty nice, like post grunge, like yeah. Uh, like yeah, like they're kind of still finding their feet. I think after you know you're one of the big four mm. of a huge music genre that then kind of fizzles out. To fizz- a yeah, fizzles out totally, and you got to like you got to figure out where you're going from now. And I think collaborating with with Neil Young is a great step. What a cool thing to do! I think Neil Young initiated it because he was like, I want to go to Seattle, where this is happening, and kind of. You know, I think his idea was to try and ha- like have something as a snapshot of that moment in time, which is cool. Because I know that after this, then 
two members of Pearl Jam were on Neil Young's the next tour. Record. The tour based on this apparently, like for both parties, was, was just amazing. Oh, like, no yeah. doubt. Neil uh, Young loved the shit out of working with Pearl Jam. Jack Irons, the drummer, he was like, I have no end of good things to say about this guy. He just mm. like he's such a good drummer. Oh, like, man, what a cool thing great. to say. There were um, problems though at the time um, because. When Neil Young was working with these guys, they originally hooked up because they did a mutual benefit concert, which was, I believe, a pro-choice concert, which they were Good. both they were both, they were both a part Very of, and that's how they kind of got it together. I think the idea to do the sessions together was spawned. Um, a lot of the material which they recorded in the sessions together went towards Neil Young's album Mirrorball. Yeah. This one didn't. It did this, not. This wasn't on the album. It's part of the Mirrorball Sessions yeah. and was later re- recorded um, as part of an EP that Pearl Jam released called the Merkin Ball EP. Mm. Neil Young sings on a lot of the the actual Mirrorball stuff. Mm. Yeah, um, Vetter wasn't around. He was um, He's only on one track on he, that. He, there was a stalker problem. There was a stalker problem where he couldn't get weird. out. Yeah, wow. yeah. Um, and at the time as well, we were talking about the, the tours or whatever, the, the Neil Young Pearl Jam tour that everyone was so hyped about didn't end up going very far, especially in the US. It played a lot in Europe or whatever, but Pearl Europe Jam were in the middle of a dispute with the ticket sale companies. Oh, oh I remember hearing about Yeah, yep. so that didn't happen. Huh. But I think you're right on when you talk about, I read a really good article, I think that the AV Club penned, where they talked about this being a really important thing to happen to Pearl Jam because they were going through a period where they were actively beginning the process of self-sabotage. They mm. become the biggest band in the world, which is something they didn't really ask for. They didn't yeah. really intend. It just kind of happened. And they were on a path of kind of self-destructing from that. And this was seen as a really great, refreshing thing to happen for that band in the life of them. Even even though like not a great amount of Pearl Jam material came out of it, this song later became a fan favourite. I mean, it yeah. charted in Australia at number 20, yeah, which is huge. Mm. Because it's a B-side that I you know, I would have thought when I looked at it in this position in the countdown originally, I thought, wow, cool of Triple J to pick up this B-side and spin it for but the Pearl Jam fans. Well. But no, it was actually a bit of a big track. Yeah, but also um, you can yeah, you can imagine that this kind of collaboration is a huge period of growth for Eddie Vedder as a as a musician. Oh yeah, and an artist yeah, and he idolized Jam as whole. New yeah, Young, like that's big time. Um, interesting yeah. with this song, uh, there's only two Pearl Jam people playing. Um, mm. Eddie yeah, and Jack Eddie and Irons. Jack, yeah. Um, Neil Young is playing guitar, and uh, Brendan O'Brien is playing the bass. We might remember him. For, he was the producer that pretty much sabotaged the recording. <laughs> Of Better Man because he wanted it to be a Pearl Jam single and not a someone oh. else single. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Evil genius. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he knew what he was doing. The antihero. <laughs> but this is so. This is a really lovely song. I like. It's really cool seeing Eddie play with those really fragile vocals. Like yeah. he sounds great at the start. He like, sounds fantastic. It's really uh, good. It's, and the yeah. the guitar is is lovely. Like everything that they're they're working on in this collaboration is just so good. Like this song made me realize that you can't really put a blanket statement about how you feel about Pearl Jam across because I thought I had Pearl Jam figured out I thought I was just like Pearl Jam are not really for me this song's kind of for me yeah, um I heard sure. it just des- I heard it described as a chest thumper I think that's a great mm. yeah. I want to put on boots and drape myself in the American flag <laughs> and wear denim cutoffs <laughs> oh, and thump my goddamn chest <laughs> it's super American yeah yeah because yeah. Neil totally. Young like is, is American. Is, is American. Yes, like, he yeah. is. Yeah. And Eddie Vedder is pretty American yeah. as well. Yeah. And also really nice of Neil to, uh, you know, prove that he can't just bring trash to this countdown <laughs> after the last song, which was uh, terrible and nearly tore us apart. Because <laughs> everyone the thought it was Neil terrible. The great Neil Young debate yeah. of 2015, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was like, You know, was he's fun. redeemed himself a bit, yeah. I think. Yeah, that was 1994. Let's leave it in the past. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, in the past. No reason the to deal with anything from 1994. No. Neil Young's 23rd album, Mirrorball. Prolific, yeah. prolific man, even yeah. to this day. And that was 20 fucking years ago. Yeah, exactly. He's still yeah. Yeah. In, in, in 1995. Yeah. Rumour has it that there is a person who has only ever listened to Neil Young and will only ever listen to Neil Young out there. Someone's dad. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. I mean, you've got the material. Yeah. Exactly. It, it's so possible. He could be in syndication. <laughs> 24-hour-a-day Neil Young station. He probably wouldn't come into a repeat all that often. Yeah. And the station... Forever Young. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's sad. That's what his name. Book yeah. it, book it, book Make it, it happen. <laughs> I got another good one. Um, I'm thinking about some sort of reverse microwave. <laughs> what? <laughs> what do you think? 
I'm for it. Found <laughs> food instead of heats it up. <laughs> I thought you meant like outside of the microwave gets cooked. No, no, like, no, no. Like, well, like a radiation machine. No! <laughs> As in you put the food in and then it gets colder. So, yeah, I guess this is how it's groundbreaking really like this a idea is. Shelter. Everything outside the shelter gets... Everyone in the box! Turn it on! Everyone get in the reverse microwave! I'm heating up some soup. <laughs> a lot I'm of soup. Yeah. Up soup so and the rest soup. of the universe. Get in the box if you don't want to get heated up. No, so funny. That's like, hey, but if you drop a nuclear bomb, sure, you don't want to be near that. But if you want to heat up some soup really quickly, <laughs> just there's a price to be paid if yeah. you want to heat up soup really quickly. Yeah. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah, it's, oh, the, it's the atolls. <laughs> this was always going to be total, uh, as one N. Harrison would put it, Dave bait, because it features, you know, a person that I idolize in Neil Young, and it features a band that I've loved since I was a kid in Pearl Jam. And uh, yeah, together at last. There's a sweet, and gum. sweet combo. <laughs> yeah, it, it, this is my nuts and gum, if you yeah. will. They're, they're really. I mean, it's it's a good fit on paper as well. It's not, yeah. you know. I don't think nuts and gum will be as bad as they say. I, I, I thought kidding? about. I thought about this a lot. Are you kidding? <laughs> I think it'd be nice for a while. You don't know. <laughs> For um, the love of Christ. I, I'll get you some gum and some like granulated <laughs> peanuts uh, and you can no, have a whole great peanuts. time. No. Whole peanuts in no. the gum. I just I'm, 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 I'm going to um, step in here and make executive decisions to stop Adam from talking. <laughs> Sounds good. Because I'm for it. These are insane ideas. <laughs> yeah. Establish to, to defend nuts and gum. The, yeah, the line between good and bad ideas is somewhere between reverse microwave that cooks the rest of the universe <laughs> and Adam thinking nuts and gum is okay. Sure. Lay down some Had more you, good ideas, so Deej, You've heard this song before, obviously. Yes. If any uh, New South Wales police people are listening, uh, please stop listening for the next 20 seconds. So I downloaded Neil Young and Pearl Jam's discography. While speeding. Uh, yeah, <laughs> while speeding. And riding a bike with no helmet. And swimming directly after I ate. Welcome back to our established and beloved <laughs> law enforcement. Um, so yeah, when I discovered these songs through legal means, uh, it was it was, it was on a sale on iTunes. It was a very very formative thing for me to kind of go through and discover this music and like the like I guess the crossing of paths between the two artists in their career trajectories. I love the fact that Neil was kind of. Uh, bloodthirsty after his kind of career revival post-freedom slash uh, with its single Rockin' in the Free World kind of in the late 80s. And, uh, yeah, he was just like, all right, well, I'm back. Let's fucking find some young blood and let's make this shit happen. And he fucking did. It's really cool. Um, he's always been, a like, a really fascinating songwriter, but, you know, I worship Neil Young as a guitarist in particular. And to have him just step back and let... Um, Eddie kind of take the reins. That is a huge, huge thing. When he was performing this song live, uh, Eddie talked about how uh, he kind of saw it as his final uh, test grade, uh, you know, working with, you know, like the master. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like, I I think I got an A. Like, I think I did all right. (laughs) It it makes a lot of sense as well, like, I guess, because Eddie Vedder, like, not to disparage him, he's a terrific singer, but he's not like he's not like the most technically accomplished singer, obviously. He just has a really good voice for what he does, mm. much like Neil Young, who yeah. is a very imperfect on paper singer, but that's the charm of Yeah, him, totally, of totally. But yeah, uh, I am just enamoured by this relationship, and uh, I'm, I'm glad that it continues to this day. Uh, uh, Rockin' in the Free World and Fucking Up, uh, both Neil Young's and Crazy Horse songs, respectively, uh, are staples of uh, the Pearl Jam live set. They will often really? come up. Yeah, oh, yeah cool. they, they'll, they'll throw them in like a lot. Uh, it was a big part of the tour when I saw them, which was the Backspacer tour, I believe, in 2009 with, uh, with Ben Harper and Liam Finn, uh, mm. who we mentioned on the last episode. Mm. So, yeah. the It's a weird three. Uh, d- yeah, I know. Sure. Mm. Yeah. Well, Ben Harper and um, fucking Eddie Vedder have a long-term relationship yeah, of as well. You know, like, they're the kind of dudes that surf together, you know? Yeah. 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 They, they, they would surf together. Yeah. 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 Total bros. Yeah. Total bros. I'd split a six-pack. Yeah, fucking <laughs> A. Big, big thumbs up from, mm. from the Deej. I'd give it a thumbs up, too. Yeah, me too. I'm not allowed to speak. No, no. Just about nuts and gums. Just, just put a thumb up. <laughs> just give us just, a... Just on that one topic? Also, yes. also we're talking about thumbs up. You could, you could literally do the gesture. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that what you wanted? Well, hey, there we go. Yeah, a thumbs up Adam me. has given us a thumbs up. Let the record show. 
All right, where are we? Let me just uh, kind of go through the files here. Okay, 30, 34. Live, live are back. Oh. Uh, that's that's cool. We talked about uh, all over me earlier, which is you know a, a point of contention, but uh, I, I I love it. Obviously, it's a it's an absolute banger. But mm. uh, let's not forget about I Alone back in nineteen ninety four. Yeah, yeah, great right. song, great song. Let's see, what we got in at number thirty thirty four. Okay, so at number thirty four. This is live with what? I Alone. What? No, Dave, that, that's from ninety four, man. I'm, is... I'm I'm aware, but they've no Dave. Check again. It's from '94. Oh, is it like an acoustic version? I love the Foo Fighters. Oh, is it live? Is it live? Live? <laughs> <laughs> it's the same song. No. What, mate? No. It's the exact same song. This can't be happening. Um, we talked about it already. It a, uh, it... We're we're gonna take a break. Um, we'll play a little bit of the song and we'll try and figure out what the fuck to do here. I'm not talking about it again. I'm not talking no, about the song. No, I'm going to take no. my nuts and my gum and I'm going to get out of here. Oh, well, good. I sank into Eden with you. Alone in the church by your I read to you here, save your eyes. You lead them, your boat is at sea. Welcome back to Hottest 100s and Thousands, uh, the podcast where we talk about the songs that are deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. And apparently, there is a Some song, songs are so hot. Some songs are so hot. <laughs> it would seem. That they are deemed hot enough some, that, twice in takes. the course of two years. Live. The hotness transcends time. From the album Throwing Copper, the song is called I Alone. It came in uh, in the 1994 Hottest 100 at number 27. So it got worse. It cooled. <laughs> it cooled. <laughs> cooled slightly. Well, I guess heat dissipates. Like, but yeah, if you combine the two together, like if yeah. you did... That, that I don't is, know how you do that mathematically. It's, it's now You're the, the carryover champ of the hottest song. You know? I guess, because like it's what, number minus yeah. 20? I mean, the 99 <laughs> other songs in that countdown aren't in this countdown. It's true. It's true. So we're, we're kind of in a bizarre situation where we're kind of talking about a song that we've already talked about remember i remember <laughs> all aboard the post grunge express <laughs> all stations to mirror all stations to mirror <laughs> what can any of us say yeah so this song is not great boring quiet loud quiet songwriting Hacking. That yeah. does not sound good. This song rips shit, and I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks. God, the lyrics where it's like, I alone love you, I alone tempt you, that flip on, on the object is... Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. it irks me to know it. This is just a non-existent, like, I am drenched in this song and I'm completely dry. The music is bad and you should feel bad. Album art is dumb and the songs are dumb and the production's dumb, but it's so... Good. Do you think though it has any value outside of it being a guilty pleasure? No, I think uh, what my, like clearly the bookkeeping of Triple J at the time was a bit slack, and I just like thought, oh, people voted for it, we'll do it. I guess this was early in the hundreds tenure. Like, there's no website at this point. It's not like you exactly, go and there's yeah. a short list um, that will help sort of determine a lot of what people vote for. If it got released around the turn of the year. Or, or it's sort of like... But even if not, got- just, just radio play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I think it's only weird to us because the Horizon 100 has become what it is. If it was always a scrappy, not a big thing, it'd be like, oh yeah, it got in twice. And yeah, like- I think you're... I mean, like right now, you know, it's the biggest music poll in the world. And it's an in online In 1995, thing. it like... They didn't even know years. about the world. Yeah. The world hadn't been invented. Exactly. So what now? Well, well, we, we can guess, never go back. I guess what song's next, I wonder. <laughs> It'll never be Who the have same. I been talking about for a few years? Well! <laughs> Alright, Deej, do you want to introduce the next song for me, please? <laughs> Someone's keen. Righto, motherfuckers, you have waited long enough. Well, you meaning... Shut up! <laughs> At number 33, this is... Bush! With everything Zen. I must be someone we can eat. Maybe find another lover. Should I fly to Los Angeles? 
Number 33 in the 1995 Hottest 100, ladies and gentlemen, Andrew McDonald. We're here. We made it. We started from the bottom. Now we're here. We are not. We are. We are out of not Bush City limits. <laughs> Welcome Whoa. to Bush City, bitch. Welcome, the mayor of Bush City, Andrew McFucking Donald. I just want to Go. say, this is really ironic because Bush was named after Shepherd's Bush, which is already a place. Uh, 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 Andrew, uh, Andrew, Andrew, shut I up, am, Andrew's talking. <laughs> I've, part of the reason that I've memed the fuck out of Bush in this podcast for the last few years comes from the fact that this was a real massive staple. Um, in my household growing up, this album, 16 Stone, and the follow-up album, Razzleboat Suitcase. <laughs> the reason that Bush are so perfect for what they are is because everything about them, like their time in like the storyline of grunge music and post-grunge music, Gavin Rosdale's voice, the oh-so-obviously guitar that's been tuned to match like Nirvana and Pearl Jam tone, the lyrics like in this song, Mickey Mouse has grown up a cow. Life on Mars quote. Life yeah. on Mars quote, yeah. Yeah. But like including it in this, like having that, like is everything it's, about it's it. It's really out of They're place. showing their influences. You can it hear just, so much Life on Mars in this so much, song. Yeah. It just, it screams budget grunge. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it. It's like a cheap knockoff of a good movie. Like, <laughs> Like the it's, Asylum movies. Yeah, yeah, exactly like the Asylum movies. Yeah, yeah. Or indeed, Shark's Tale, The Fighting Nemo. <laughs> yeah. Ants to a Bugs Life. <laughs> yeah. Shrek 2 to Toy Story 3. <laughs> <laughs> it just takes the surface level in, like influences of bands like Nirvana and just does like, we can do that too. To the like first album, this album, like the first Nirvana album, like just like they had a producer. Second Nirvana album, oh, we'll get Steve Albini in. Second Bush album, we'll get Steve Albini in also. <laughs> Um, they just wear their influences on their sleeves and the sleeve's the only part of the shirt they have. (laughs) (laughs) It's not their shirt. Yeah. Like more of an armband. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. A sweatband. Of Nirvana. It's like a Nirvana merch (laughs) sweatband. It's the channels are all into something crappier, but like adoringly like modernist in the original like 20th century early 20th century use of the term like the ongoing project of modernism where there is no original artifact anymore (laughs) there's just replica and this is just replica of grunge (laughs) there's no original or copy of grunge at this period anymore there is just the like the art the reproductive artifact is the only artifact this bush are the simulacrum of grunge this is beautifully ugly boring brilliant horse shit and it's great Everything's then. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm tearing up. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I know there's a kind of rant that someone would leave on YouTube before killing themselves. <laughs> oh. this, I right. the bush. We'll get you a car home. This is not even the bush song I wanted to talk about. I want to talk about glycerine. But we'll get to talk about that next we year, will. baby. Yeah. Look, honestly, this song is okay, I guess. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's post- Sorry, it's what? It's post-grunge and it's Gavin Rosdale doing his best grunge voice. Okay. How uh, would you describe this song, sorry? Uh, okay. Okay? <laughs> Andrew, for so long, you've been talking about Bush. Mm. 
Is this that's that's what you've been longing to say all this time? Like, well, it's, it partly. I it's, thought it, it was a genuine love. Like, I thought no, it is a genuine it's love, genuine. but also Look in another it. way, there is no such thing as a genuine yeah. love. It's uh. it's genuine love because I grew up listening to Sixteen Stone heaps as a kid, and I know it yeah. really, really intimately. It's the same reason, like, I really, really, really know, and I guess love that Crash Test Dummies album, God Shuffled His Feet, <laughs> and banger, yeah, uh-huh. banger. Mm-mm-mm. It's not even the best mm-hmm. song on there. Afternoons <laughs> of Coffee Spoons is great. It Hell to <laughs> yeah, it references T.S. Eliot, <laughs> like all. These yes, shitty uh, things Leon. pre back when you had to purchase albums from mm. a store yeah. and you didn't have much money, so you listened to that album way, way, and way brushes. more often than you did. <laughs> even if, even if, yeah, twenty nine ninety five a disc. Rashes. So, Pepperidge like, Farm, so, remember? So this album was in That's my house, and I listened to it heaps. My parents listened to it mm. heaps. My parents made a copy of it to have in the car on cassette. So I knew this album really well. I know, right? Everywhere you went, there yeah. was the bush. So I knew this album really well. And at the time, I didn't know about Nirvana. So this was what I thought was hard-edged music. And now growing up, I'm like, of course it's not, but I can't remove those nostalgia goggles, right? So I have this intimate relationship with 16 Stone in particular. So I'm really familiar with it. It's been a constant source of my life for most of my remembered conscious life. So mm. that's why I've memed it so hard. Like, I, don't, I, I know this is inside baseball talk, and I'm pulling back the curtain to reveal that I'm not actually like a massive Bush fan. It's, like, <laughs> it's a good reveal. Yeah. But, like, so that's the thing. Right? But, like, having said all that, like, I do have this serious view on them where I think that they are an artifact of the grunge movement, but just years too late. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, we're still doing this. And, like, Gavin Rosdale, everything about him is this constructed. No, no, I am doing Eddie Vedder. Like, it's the big five. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, he does. He is doing his best to yeah, Cobain, yeah. though, isn't he? Yeah. Like, I, I never realized, you know, I've only been, had Bush passingly through, through my life. I mean, I, I discovered Glycerin before I knew what music was as well. Yeah. And I thought, this is a this is a moody song. I'm a moody guy. Yeah, this yeah, is fine. Yeah. Um, but listening to this track in preparation for this is just like, my God, it's just, it it's is. It's a real it snapshot. Is the, it is the simulacra. You're right. Yeah. Like, it's so funny. Like, and that's like, yeah. this. This is a weird app to do with live again and me actually having to talk about Bush rather than just talking <laughs> about talking about Bush. Like, but, but you know yeah. when like you're having a party or something and then because it's, it's fairly late or whatever, yeah, you the most of the people leave, but then someone gets a camera out and wants to take pictures of the party and it's like, yeah. oh, well, let's just try and like everyone bunch in. We'll try and make it look like it's still. And yeah, that's yeah. this song. Like yeah. the party right. finished, but they they are so into the party right now. And I'm not going to stop them. No. No, is no, anyone, no, exactly. any fucking coward in this room going to guess But it's a weird, like, I mean, like nearly everything we talk about, but this song, I think, more than a lot, brings up how weird it is to be looking back at a lot of this stuff 20 yeah. years on. You can see exactly why this was big. Yeah, that's in it. Yeah. I was going to say, like, like there's, there's yeah, definitely in an the context of grunge still. ending, this is just this weird artifacts you know copy thing but like you know exactly why but then going back to it's just it's just weird and do you think people feels like, like there's steps removed i mean i know the that there was some criticism at the time from music critics who were saying like guys it's seriously just nirvana and the pixies like <laughs> yeah. it's, it's seriously just that guys seriously are you, are you implying there is no sex in my violence <laughs> but um but do you think like the fan base i mean obviously the fan i mean look <laughs> where it's like critics where, saying that batman versus superman and suicide squad were terrible it didn't stop people going well, yeah no that's exactly right like i i guess there's still you know there was obviously still a market for this so you know too late is a subjective term i guess yeah you know what i find really weird again i didn't no, I assumed this band was American. They're not. They're British. Oh, what well, Canadian? Right. That's even. That's even yeah, more like yeah. another step removed. Yeah. Isn't like, that, but isn't that just friggin' weird? We're, we're just, in Britain because I'm definitely going to start referring to it as Britain, Seattle, from now on. <laughs> Shepherd's Bush. Is, it, is that where they're from? They're from Shepherd's Bush. Well, there that's, you go. Shepherd's that's Bush. That's why it's called Britain, Bush. Okay. As I said, oh. as I said earlier, like yeah, yeah, they're yeah. from I, Shepherd's Bush. That's where they met. That's where they played this Shepherd's Bush. The Seattle of Britain. I was, I was about to say that's such a fucking laser way to name a band. It's like we would call our band Fern because we were in Red Fern, but Fern's actually a reasonable name for a band. Careful <laughs> <laughs> what you wish for. Um, they do have American people in the band now, though. Yeah. So it's like a British-American hybrid. But, sure. And understandably, they were huge in America. Britain didn't want to... Britain was like Britpop what you as do? fuck yeah, yeah. at the time. And so they didn't want to touch this. So, But it's especially weird end, because... At the end of a genre, like in America, a British band like picks up the torch. Yeah, like, right. You know... We, we are now. We will light the way at night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we will carry on this grand lineage. It was British culture's reaction to American culture at that time. Like it was them going, like, "Well, you know, you're doing this. We this is our Britpop. Res- yeah, Brit- yeah, yeah, yeah. Britpop is totally like, in response. To grunge, grunge is earnest. Britpop is ironic. Yeah, like, it's, yeah. it's so it's even weird. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, weird. Huh. <laughs> yep. Yep. 
Yes. <laughs> well, guys, we're now post Andrew talking about Bush. Yeah, it yeah, happened. It's a brave new world. Yeah. It is now. Um, also, though, uh, just in terms of on the day at whatever hottest hundred party you're at, the last 13 minutes have been Pearl Jam live and then Bush. It's been a pretty spectacular like quarter the of an hour. The dance floor is cleared and it's just me oh with two God. tinnies just smacking <laughs> yeah. my head. Yeah. I'm still wearing my denim cutoffs and the American flag, but I'm I'm just just an armband though. I'm thinking of getting changed. (laughs) Really thinking. Well, you might need to. I wonder if the next one will continue the grunge assault. (laughs) Only one way to find out. Let's hear it. (laughs) Oh shit! Oh shit! At number thirty-two, it's swoop with apple eyes. This is a fucking weird act. That was Swoop at number 32 with a song called Apple Eyes. I would like to quote from a uh, Frank Sinatra standard called They All Laughed. They all <laughs> laughed at Christopher Columbus when he said the world was round. They all laughed when Edison recorded sound. They all laughed at Wilbur and his brother when they said that man couldn't fly. And they all laughed at DJY when he said, Nah, keep waiting. Keep waiting. There's a really good swoop song coming. <laughs> Here we are. Here we are. This was worth a hundred million thousand neighborhood freaks. You guys can eat shit. This is a fucking amazing song. I used to listen to this... All the time. This was like an interstitial video clip that got played uh, between ABC programs. I think it was like the transition <laughs> between ABC Kids and like nightly ABC News and shit. So it was like this. Of course. Yeah. So it was like this video and like the video for Brimful of Asher by Corner Shop. Huh. So yeah, that was my childhood. Those two fucking songs. I was obsessed with this song. And then, like, I, I, could, I could only remember what happened in the video and vaguely remember that chorus. And then, obviously, I didn't know who Swoop were. I didn't know, like, what to look for or anything like that. And then suddenly it came on the radio maybe, oh, seven or eight years ago. And I was just like, it's that fucking song. It's all coming back to me. Where the fuck do I know this from? And I found it on the internet. And that <laughs> is where, to paraphrase John Mulaney, things went from good to great. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, this is just on a different plane of existence. Like, just, I just come blood every time I hear that chorus. It's just... Do you forgive it, trees? Oh, <laughs> there are many, many things I do. As you can see on this list... Uh, can, that, can, yes. Can you see forgive trees on that? Nowhere. No. It's double-sided? No. no oh, nowhere. No, no. So no I didn't even use paper. <laughs> I didn't even use paper because fuck paper. Because fuck trees. trees. Yeah, don't forgive I'll them. I'll punch that. a fucking tree because I don't fucking forgive trees. And neither do Swoop. Swoop play over the fucking trees in a fucking moment of fucking glory. Because this is so fucking great. Holy shit. Tear it apart. I don't fucking care what you fuckers do. I've had my moment. They all laughed. I win. Eat shit. I want to take uh, such issue with the Frank Sinatra song. <laughs> 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 okay. Regoogling swoop. 
Um, <laughs> good, good name for a band. <laughs> so title right there. Yeah. Regoogling swoop. Um, sounds like a how I learned to stop worrying yeah. and love yeah. Apple Eyes. The, um, sounds like Keatus just sang that. <laughs> the first sentence of their wiki page says Swoop were an Australian seven piece rock, funk, and disco band. Yep. And if that doesn't set off like your shit detector, we're different <laughs> people. <laughs> um, no, I think is I, w- I wish I could take issue with this song. Just to be confrontational for fun with you, but like I think it, it, it didn't really like register as much as like I was just like, oh, it's, a, it's an alright song. I'll get down with it. I don't love it. Give it like a give it a, a soft five. Give you a soft five. <laughs> what? What? Yeah, and what? like it's it just didn't really gel with me personally at all. Like, mm. but no, not in an egregious way. Just in a <laughs> like, oh yeah. Yeah, but I do remember that. I'm glad you mentioned it being an interstitial between, like, on something on ABC because I knew I remembered it from somewhere, but I didn't know where. And that was, yeah. yeah that's strong, a weird thing to lead into. What is this song that I'm, like, oddly familiar with? Yeah. So it's good to know that must be where it's from. Yeah. So there, this song, it has some elements to it that could work, but they just don't really work for me. Sorry, I can't be more argumentative or indeed on board. Go fuck yourself, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I think this is the best song that a seven-piece Australian funk disco band could write. Yeah! <laughs> That's well said. That is that is um, well said. For real, though, it's like I, I I think I spent the first half of the song going, uh, and then the second half going, you know what? I think it's great. <laughs> Look, I think it's actually great. I think it's really important at this point to throw back to Neighborhood Freak. Okay, like we are going back a few, uh, at least one season. But yeah, throw back. Okay, well, yeah, no, let's 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 actually throw back. Yeah. It sounds like some fucking kids who learned how to play guitar when they were being bullied at school heard two hip-hop songs and thought, we can do that. We're also black. Did you guys have the same reaction as I did in the first few seconds? Oh, Vomit? God. No, well, that. Pain and in the ears and guts. He's the guy at the party who spends all his time telling everyone how random There are many worse parts of this song, but all the parts are the worst parts. It's not the worst, <laughs> worst song, but it's just garbage. Yes, it is. No, yes, it is. Oh, no, sorry. it's I not. Know. Yeah, I absolutely rate this as one of the worst songs that we have discussed. Wow. wow. If I've never said it before about any other song, I say it now. Fuck this song. It's yeah, so right. bullshit. Huh. Oh. Absolute rubbish. It's just... Okay, so I went hard. On that song. I was an angry young man. It was... <laughs> and I do stand by how bad that song was. And look, they are not a different band. But they no, definitely got their shit together a little bit here. There's still heaps of dag. It's daggy. Oh, it's so daggy. It's but so that's, daggy. That's, but... that's not a problem. Like... Yeah, somehow they've made it not a... Before, it was a massive problem. They, they know it's... They know that they're daggy. Especially those animations in the video. Like... Yeah, with, like, well... the four apple heads coming over the mountain. <laughs> it's like, okay. But that G-Funk... Almost uh, kind of synth line that they're playing with or whatever. It's a really that's a it's good so musical fun. choice. It's so much fun. And you know what? When that key change kicks in right at the end for the solo, that is a yeah. ripping solo, and it makes you want to make out with everyone in the room. <laughs> like while I'm wearing my denim collar, some and American I'm going flag. to do exactly that. Yeah, <laughs> da- well, Deej, we're up, kids. It's the difference between oh. me and Deej. Is I, I joke about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I am as real as the streets. <laughs> But like know, super man. fun, like September Earth, Wind and Fire vibe, you know, yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah, you know yeah. um, original Dancing in the Moonlight, everything like yeah. that. Like it's total that, which it's just. It's... I'm not going to hate on a band for being daggy and having fun and encouraging others so to fun. do this. It's, it is fun. It's, it's really fun. fun. It's as fun. If, as if this coming on the radio wouldn't have been super fun in 1995. It's great. It's fun now. This is such a reunion episode. I know. I, f- I feel like, yeah. you know, we've, I mean, we've had exact same songs this last year, but <laughs> all these bands are coming back. Even, you know, Bush, we talked about it enough that we might as well have covered them several times. Yeah, this is, this is an episode for the true hottest hundreds and thousands Yeah, yeah, fans. exactly. For all it's you motherfuckers who've been around since day one. <laughs> this is our clip show. <laughs> so it's come to this. So yeah. it's come to this. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. At number 31, it's Rented with Tambound. If you wanna make a move, then you better come in It's just a ability, the reason that we're so fit Living and dying and the stories that are true Sink to a collapse, knowing when you're through Black coat, white shoes, black hat, Cadillac, yeah Before the time bomb First day you learn, you gotta 
number 31 with Time Bomb. I'm going to throw to my man in the Cadillac, Mr. Nathan Harrison. That boy's a time bomb. Hey. And a, a former punk of sorts. Yeah, this is... I'm so glad this is here. This is... Yeah. This, this album uh, and Out Come the Wolves is a real formative punk classic, album for me. Fucking classic. Yeah, like uh, no, you nine, you ten, like high, high rotation. One of uh, Andrew and I, close friends, very big rancid guy, but we all got yeah. super well, into al- it. Also, like canonically, one of the nineties punk albums. Yeah, definitely. Amen. It's so, sure. like if if you haven't heard it and you liked the sound of this song, then like cue it up next because it's it's just a great album. It's really long. It's like nineteen tracks, which for a punk album is just kind of crazy like it's a 50 minute punk album or something yeah but this is this is a clear standout from the album and it's such a great song um so this is rancid's third album so they've kind of been with the pop punk explosion even if if not that like slightly before it ahead of it or whatever yeah well they um um, most of the band were in operation ivy a really formative and important ska punk band in the late 80s yeah who are also good and you get a lot of that in this song there's like it's kind of ska but there's such a good roughness to it in in the punk tones that they bring to the song but also in tim armstrong's wonderful wonderful (laughs) vocals he is Mm. such a great punk singer they're just not as clean as the Offspring and Green Day and, yeah. and all the other punk bands. Like, it's rough. It feels New York Street, you know? Yeah. And they, sure. they don't have that. And that's that's fine for them. But this is there's just something so much dirtier and more organic about this. And you really get the strong lineage coming from Op Ivy and a lot of bands like that. And and it, this feels much more strongly connected to the, the punk scene rather totally. than the pop punk scene. But this is just... It's such a fun song. It's so bouncy. It powers through. I love... That it, like the the verses are so you know it's just pretty like similar structure, but Tim's lyrics just bounce around the whole verses and they're great. The story slurry, is like. so slurry. It's great. <laughs> so much fun and just like it's just a big, big fun ska punk song. Yeah, the chorus totally. is huge, and as if like that's not just a huge sing along thing straight away. Like second chorus, yeah, how, you're how, already there. How can you be get a gig and that comes on and not scream and not along? have a great yeah. time? It's great. The I like I really love the story of the song. It's just a really cool narrative about this wannabe gangster that gets taken down by the next wannabe gangster. And it's like all the imagery is cool and really harks back to like stuff like the specials, yeah, and and that kind of huge, aesthetic huge. as well. But also yeah. like especially again with Tim's singing accent, like grounds it so well in New York. Um, it's just, it's a great song. I like, I'm so, I, I forgot that this was going to be in here. And yeah. I was so happy when it came up. Yeah. Like, totally. Oh my God. This is great. Yeah. This, Absolute banger. Yeah. It's so surprising that like, I guess, because not that they're like, Rancid were never like the hardest punk band ever, kind of thing like that. No. Um, and they have a lot, like they have a lot of like the radio friendliness of ska music, but it's so like, I'm really like, I'm stoked that this was like a crossover hit for like yeah. a punk band. Like, especially not like... Because Green Day and Offspring, even at this period, I know they got more radio accessible as they went on, but they were still more radio friendly than Rancid were. Particularly, even how they like they look and dress. Rancid look like well, like they they look like and were tattooed drug addicts with mohawks. Yeah. Like they they look like scrungy people that you that you would avoid if you saw them smashing tinnies on the street because they're high. Like this is what they're doing, and that they made music that was just way more playful and friendly than that. Like they don't yeah. sound like the casualties who look very similar. They they, they sound like. Just a radio cool band. Like they have some harder edge songs, and particularly as they went on, they made some far more explicit punk music. But like this at this period, and out come the wolves is just a delightfully terrific punk record with some strong ska and pop influences, and that's so evident in this song. Like, but yeah, they're they're a weird kind of pop outlier in the oi punk scene. Like yeah, they're yeah. so grounded in that, and they don't fit it in the same way. And yeah. No, yeah, which is cool. Yeah, no, this is a obviously a terrific song. So much fun. One of those songs that I knew before I knew who Rancid were because it was a radio crossover hit. And then when going back and listening to Rancid when you're finding out punk music in your mid teenage years, and you're like, oh wait, bloody hell, it's this song, fucking hell, and it's really great. Apart from maybe Ruby Soho, this like, this probably was their biggest hit, I suppose. Even yeah. Ruby Soho inclusive, like one of their only two kind of hits they had. They were never as successful or popular as your Green Days and your Rancids. Like I put them far more with your. Your no effects and your bad reli- and your bad religions, you know, even though they are far more recent than those two bands who were both f- formed in the eighties. Like, yeah, there's so much to love about this. Fun, the scar upstrokes. Normally, not something I get down with. Get down with it here. Just fun, delightful. I want to dance and sing to it. Fucking top. I will join you. Yeah. <laughs> I will rock my wallet chain in my three quarters like fucking nobody's business. That's Skank it. Circle. That's it. Wallet chain in three quarter jeans. Yeah, right. no, man. Yeah. Don't fuck with me. Yeah. Don't play no game that I can't win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, I fucking love this. Yeah, you'd be a rancid man. You down yeah, with him? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm a rancid man normally, but you, <laughs> I also happen to enjoy this song. Um, Christ. Um, yeah, like, yeah, this was another Tony Hawk introduction. Me and my brother got into them through uh, the inclusion of the song Fall Back Down yeah. uh, mm. on Tony Hawk's Underground. And uh, yeah. Uh, got really into them through that, and obviously Ruby Soho's a like a classic, and so was Out Come the Wolves as an album. Uh, yeah, I got nothing but time for this. Uh, like I love the Scar throwback. You know, kind of mentioned the the Specials as a as a key influence in there. Yeah. Well, absolutely one of my favorite bands of that era. So and the sorry the, the Clash as well. Like yeah, a lot totally, of their you totally, know once totally. they moved into playing around with the genre stuff. Yeah, like, more like Sandinista. Yeah, kind of yeah, totally. big time. And and the. They have story songs that work the same way as this song. Mm. In the last, uh, like, I guess, five, ten years, like, we've toppled so many white whales in terms of bands coming to Australia. We all thought Blink-182 are never going to come, Weezer are never going to come, Radiohead never going to come, etc, 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 and they all fucking came. Rancid have still not fucking budged. It's been 20 fucking years, and we still have not seen hide nor tail of those fuckers. And it is just it's bizarre. Bullshit. It's, it's bizarre. They could, if, they could, if, they could if, they'd pack out the roundhouse, like yeah. it'd be yeah, huge. Oh, they'd pack out the. They'd probably even pack out the Enmore. You know, yeah. like it'd be massive. For the love of dick in Christ, if the Avalanches can start touring again, <laughs> if fucking Axel and Slash can be on the same stage together, if Glenn Danzig and Jerry <laughs> Only can be on the same stage together, why the fuck can't Rancid come to Australia? Sweet shit. So I know if Glenn and Jerry come to Australia as the series, I'll pay stupid money. I already <laughs> hate that about myself. Yeah, I will. I will like suplex people through the floor and just come blood. It will be. It will be fucking God. gross. David, you come an awful lot of blood. I, I should really see a doctor. See a doctor. <laughs> yeah, well, my doctor makes me come blood. Like, uh, yeah, it's a vicious cycle. It's a naughty nurse. <laughs> if there is anything that is testament to the cross generational appeal of Rancid. Uh, Rancid's current drummer is a ki- is a guy named Brandon Steinicket who used to play in the Used, uh, and when this album came out, he was seventeen years old. Hmm. So <laughs> that must feel pretty cool for yeah. him. I know, like I mean, that's he- like pretty much everyone in Friends of Rom as well now. Like, yeah. Every- yeah, whenever they get an interview, it's like, oh, what were your favorite bands growing up? Like all of the band except Jay is like Friends of Rom, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is lovely. I hope everyone gets to play in their favorite band one day. It's so like, now um, he's thirty eight and he's playing with his childhood heroes. So you classic. Know. Uh, Brian Vigliotti. Oh, Vigliotti, yeah, 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 from uh, uh, formerly Dolls. of the Dresden Dolls. Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, 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 was playing um, with uh, the Smile for a He's while. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was awesome. That, that was, was a cool. great gig. That was a great gig. It was so good. Good excursion for yeah. everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah good. Who, do, who doesn't care about the concerts we go to as friends? <laughs> <laughs> we all went to it as friends. <laughs> We've only done two Hottest 100 excursions, but we should definitely do more. Mm. Yeah, if you if you would like to put uh, uh, all of us on the door for a gig, just let us know <laughs> before the gig. Give us some, <laughs> <Before> yeah. the- <laughs> I wanted to. Um, if you're a band we've talked about and it's very clear that we don't want to come to that gig, it's all good. Don't worry about it. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. That brings us to the end of another episode. A very special episode. Yeah, a reunion episode of Hottest One Hundred Clip and Show Thousands. Thanks for listening. Thanks to FBI Radio for having us. Uh, before we get out of here, we're going to pick our favourites and our least favourites. Should we or should we not include I Alone? Like, are we factoring that I mean, look, that in? if it's someone's favourite, Because <laughs> my favourite is Apple Eyes. Fuck all y'alls. Uh, least favourite... Oh, I don't want to do this. <laughs> it's Just say fucked. I Alone. Oh, yeah. Okay. I guess uh, yeah. by default. Yeah. Default. I think default, my, my, my favourite, as much as I would obviously like to say Bush for both, my favourite <laughs> is Time Bomb and my least favourite is probably I Alone. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, I Got In. Nice. Yeah, nice. And least I'm still alone. wearing the cutoffs. Um, yeah, hell yeah. And uh, least. Uh, least is probably going to have to be I Alone. Because <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't worth coming back, mate. We all hated be. it. Shouldn't be there. You're really testing my douchebag levels. You <laughs> really are, guys. It was it was a real like maybe if I join the countdown again, those guys will appreciate me this time. It's like nope. Hey man, but at least we're not gonna ever have to deal with any other double ups across countdown again. Yeah. Huh. Huh. <sighs> huh. Huh. <clears throat> On behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison. Yeah. 
on behalf of Mr. Adam Buncher mm. and on behalf of Mr. Andrew McDonald. Good night. My name is David James Young. Keep music live? I guess. Live mm. music is important. Yeah, hey, that's keep true. music but gently Not the foreboding. music of live. Some of that's important. Yeah. <laughs> keep music evil. Let's get out of here. That's live spelled backwards. Hey! Whoa! <laughs> 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 Something didn't feel right. Sure, it was a fine enough episode for the most part, but that live track, two years in a row, was I the only one bothered by this? The others seemed to pass it off like it was nothing. Maybe I was just being paranoid. Maybe it was just as they said, innocent clerical error, a time before the rules were set, before the countdown was big enough for people to care about this kind of thing. But I couldn't shake the feeling it was something more sinister. It was something not even the sweet, sweet combination of nuts and gum could help. It was from an unknown number. Meet me out the back of FBI Studios. Alone. Five minutes. It was too dark to see properly, but movement from the shadows made me aware of their presence. You're right to feel uneasy, they said. You know you're onto something. You've been getting closer all season. They're starting to take notice. Who? I said. They laughed. Come on, you already know the answer to that. I felt cold as those two familiar letters materialized in my mind. What do I do? Keep chasing, they replied. You're in too deep now. The truth has to come out. They made a move to leave. As they did, they caught the light just a little. Their figure was familiar somehow. Wait, I said. Who are you that you know so much? A pause. Let's just say, the one you're after and me, we're two of the same kind. And they were gone. I walked onto the street, my numb at what I'd just heard. The de-conspiracy. It was all but confirmed. We have to keep going. That much is clear now. This is no joke. Almost unconsciously, I checked my Facebook and was greeted by a familiar meme. Suddenly, I thought I knew where I'd seen that figure. But no. It couldn't be. He was shot. Harambe?